Good evening and welcome back. One of our greatest guests that we have on the show that we've had for Eternal Affairs Media at eternalaffairsmedia.com. We have this is our third interview with Pastor Carl Gallup, and that's Carl Carl www.carlgallup.com. One of the greatest uh, guests we've had on our show, and I really appreciate you coming back again, Carl. Um, advancing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I love that. That is so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, thanks for your nice uh, introduction, your gracious introduction. Thank you for having me back. It's good to be with you. And uh, yeah, my website is Carl Gallops. There's an S on the end of it. And I, let me just spell the whole thing. It's C-A-R-L, not K-A-R-L. C-A-R-L. And then Gallops is like the pole, but with an S on it, the Gallup pole. G-A-L-L-U-P-S, just carlgallops.com. And everything there about me, my books, the church that I pastor, links, uh, playlists, sermons, messages, articles I've written, uh, everything right there on one one page, an inter, one index page. For those who haven't gone there, do so. You will not be disappointed and, and, and support this great, this great man. He does some wonderful work, really great writer. Pastor, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna approach a very touchy subject tonight. We kind of went over it in, in, in you know before we the uh, interview started. Uh, as a as a minister and a, and a political activist and a, a politician in the in the making, so to speak, I've run into significant issues with several ish, uh, things that are going on that are religiously oriented. Uh, as far as no, not just you know the abortion thing that's going on now, but you know, uh, you know other all things that are that are involved with with mor morality and, and moral, uh, what they call rights. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of rights in the in the Constitution, and they're trying to rewrite the Constitution. I think is what they're trying to do. But we want to talk about the actual uh, concept of the, this whole abortion thing, and of and, uh, and 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 when life begins, and, and how do we how do we um, approach people now in, in my in my run for congress that recent run for congress i run into a number of people we had a poll that went out that really uh, disturbed me it went out to all the republicans it's because it's a primary for republicans only and you know it was funny because i put in uh, all the things yes i'd support you know the pro-life and, and or the whole nine about 30 questions at the last question they said would you have would you support a constitutional amendment that would support life there the, were the you know, pro that was pro-life to you know, support the you know, the, the unborn basically. And I said, absolutely not. And I got hit so bad because you can't explain why I said that, you know, the, they, they don't want Roe versus Wade in the constitution, but if you're not going to put Roe versus Wade and you really shouldn't put any issues of morality in the constitution, it's not where it belongs. And, and I got hit really bad by that, but I, my, my belief, there's different beliefs. And I'm, this is what I'm going to ask you to, to, to try to, uh, proceed with and maybe enlighten us a bit on so there's different religions we've got a melting pot what's happening in this country is not the an abortion issue the problem is an issue of christianity an issue of the loss of god in our society and we, we can both agree on that i'm pretty sure but there's also a melting pot of religions you know the jews obviously say that the, the life doesn't begin until the baby actually comes out and god breathes its first breath of life muslims say if they're 40 days you've got a, a viable human etc how do we work with all these different people how do we uh, let, let's start with that yeah i say i say okay i want to address when does life begin from the scientific view from the biblical view and then I really don't care what other religions say, but when you deal with scientific, I mean, I'm, I'm not parsing your words because I know that's an argument and I deal with it all the time. But 
I'm just talking off the top of my head here. So let's deal with the scientific and the biblical view. Then let's address the constitution and an amendment. Okay. Uh, and these are my opinions. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, the biblical view is life actually begins at conception. There's also, there are also scriptures that says that actually, and there's nothing we can do about this, but but that life actually begins before conception, if you if you want to go that far, because because you know um, God says in there, bef bef before before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, I called you by name, you know. So, oh my gosh, yeah. So there's there's something very divine about human birth. Now we I don't know that we can plumb the depths of that. How do we know? if somebody's getting ready to be pregnant. Well, of course we don't. God does. He, he knows us before we're even born, before we're in our mother's womb. So, but that's his prerogative, not ours. We don't have any way of knowing other than this. And here's what I say. It's as simple as this to me. When is a person dead? When their heart stops beating. So when are they alive? When their heart starts beating. And that's what these um, new estate laws that have happened in the past year or so have been predicated upon is the science. You know, if you, if you, you, you people can argue it all, all day long, but the bottom line is we declare somebody dead when their heart stops beating and we can't get it started again. Uh, so why would we have a human being and maybe even an embryonic state, but it's a human. It's not a dog. It's not a monkey. It's not an elephant. It's a human in the womb of a woman where it should be. Okay. And why do we give more preference to a turtle egg on the beach? If I step on a turtle egg, no matter what stage it's in, I can go to federal prison for that. If I crawl up a tree and put my hand in an eagle's nest and grab the eggs out and throw them to the ground, no matter what stage it's in, I go to federal prison for that. But now we're debating over at what time can we reach into a woman's womb, pull out a human child, cut it to pieces and throw it in a trash can? Well, you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty emotional debate. But, but if we're just going to talk about just raw science and, and logic, what we deal with every day in our hospitals, our operating rooms, our, our end-of-life clinics, and, you, you know, um, uh, 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 um, I've lost the word right now, but anyway, I've got so many things on my mind. Uh, hospice centers, I, I minister in hospice centers all the time. I don't know why I couldn't grab that word, but in hospice centers, you know, when the heart stops and you can't restart it, the person is gone. All right. So when the heart starts in a human embryo, then life is there. Life is there. It's life. And it's a human life. It's not any other kind of life. It's a human life. And it starts when the heart beats. Well, you know, there's some various, there, there are varying of, uh, opinions and medical uh, concerns about exactly when the heart start, starts beating, but it's within a double handful of weeks. And that's why these states have been successful in passing their so-called heartbeat laws, because they're using science and logic and they're pointing to hospice centers and surgical rooms. If somebody dies on the operating table, how do we know they're dead? Because their heart stopped beating. And we can't get it started again. So their life is gone. So the opposite has to be true. When a, when a heartbeat starts, then there is life there. Okay. So to me, um, I think the states that are using this approach, I think they're doing the right thing.
it's scientific, it's logical, it's medical, it's what we know. That's, you know, this, the, the thing, the biblical statement about God knowing before we're even in the womb, well, that's the prerogative of God for sure, but it does express something about the sanctity and the sacredness of life. I mean, you know, so, so there's that. All right. Now, as far as um, morality and the constitution, well, listen, you know, that's a good question that you asked. I don't know that I've ever actually thought of a constitutional amendment. Oh, I've heard people talk about it, but I haven't given it deep, deep consideration. My biggest concern has, is, has been to get rid of Roe v. Wade, and it looks like that's getting ready to happen. Okay. But listen, let me just speak again, scientifically, logically, medically, uh, humanly, uh, biblically first, of course, but also just as a human being, you know, I, I know people that are on the far left hate my guts because I, I am in favor of Roe v. Wade being done away with. I'm in favor of protecting the child as much as possible. And my argument, my arguments bum fuzzle them, you know, and so they hate me. And, and the, the heartbeat thing bum fuzzles them. The, the, the thing that Roe v. Wade was passed in 1973 in that same year the Endangered Species Act was passed as federal law saying that if you touch an eagle's egg or a turtle's egg, you go to prison or you're fined heavily. Well, that's ridiculous. In the same year, we say you can reach in a woman's womb and destroy a child and the federal government will support it, actually fund it. Um, and, and, and then we turn around and say, but a turtle egg and an eagle egg is, is more valuable. Okay. So we're just, we're all messed up, brother. So, um, so what I have said is, look, we got to get rid of Roe v. Wade. All right. Now, but you raised the issue of, but the Constitution, there's not really a place for morality in there. And listen, I hear your heart and I hear your words. However, the Constitution does legislate away with an amendment slavery. And that is a moral issue, a big moral issue. It's a biblical issue. It's a moral issue. And I'm glad it's in the Constitution. We don't ever, ever, ever need constitutionally to have legalized slavery again. And don't forget, uh, audience, that it was the Supreme Court that ruled that Black people weren't really people and that slavery was okay and that they were property. See, because these people that have been saying for, for years that abortion is codified in law. No, it's not. There's been no law passed from the federal government about it. It was a Supreme Court ruling, which they did not have the legal authority to do. And I'm going to tell you, they don't have the legal authority to legislate marriage for all the states either. They don't. It's not, that's not even addressed in the Constitution. So that's another issue. But, but the point is that it is an issue of morality, but it's one that sweeps the whole nation. It determines the life of the nation, the livelihood. Listen. When you kill one baby in a womb, you don't just kill that baby. You kill every baby that that baby would have had and every baby that that baby's baby would have had. You kill generations of people in our nation. You kill legacies. You kill maybe people that could have been missionaries or preachers of the word or scientists or doctors or, you know, all of these wonderful things. You kill them all with, with, the, with the, the, the wanton death of one child. And I say wanton because, look, I know I'm going to make people mad, but I, I would give human consideration if I were the king of the world. And I'm not, but I'm saying I, I do feel for somebody, for example, who's been brutally raped or the victim of an incest, a brutal incest situation. When I say brutal, I mean, 
you know, there are cases, listen, I was a cop and an investigator for 10 years. So, I mean, <laughs> there are cases that are not what they seem to be, but let's just say that, that they are. Um, and I, I can't imagine, I mean, I can't imagine if that happened to one of my children or grandchildren. Um, still though, the abortion is not necessarily the go-to answer 100% of the time. And I know people listen and say, well, I've spoken like a true man. No, I'm speaking like a father, a husband, a grandfather, and now a great-grandfather. I've got grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I'm speaking with compassion, but I'm saying that even performing the abortion could kill the woman. I mean, it, it does happen. Uh, it, it could maim the woman. It could render her sterile. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, and then we have the whole adoption process that people could go through. And then, I, listen, I've got people in my church who had children either out of wedlock or they claimed they were raped or what I'm saying claimed because I wasn't there when it happened. I don't know any of the legal details, but they claim that. But they kept the child and the child, you know, the children, I've been there 35 years. Some of them are adults now. And they're precious people that have families of their own now, some of them. We all know them and love them. So, I mean, a life is a life is a life. And I know that's easy to say if I'm not the one giving birth and, and you know, it didn't happen to my daughter. I mean, I get all of that. So I'm saying I, I would be, I think, in favor of reasonable, rational, biblical, scientific exceptions. But, but here's the point, Andrew. Over 98% of all abortions are done for convenience only. And if we could cut that 98% out, that would be huge because we're destroying our nation, its legacy, our greatest resource are our people and the minds that come with it. And we've destroyed 65 million children. And among those children, they would have intermarried. And they would have had children. And then their children would have had children. We've destroyed all of this legacy. And that's why politicians, you know, all of this stuff about the border and opening the border and getting people in. You know, brother, there have, listen, I was saying this years ago on the radio, on my own radio show. And then in the last five or six, seven years, the left has actually admitted it. And people on the right out of Congress, they've actually said, and I can't quote them, so I'm going to paraphrase that. One of the reasons we got to open our borders a little more is we're running out of people to, to work the farms, to grow our food, to service our industries, to do the things that we need to do that a lot of other people don't want to in America, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we got a lot of people on welfare. They need to be supported by people that are working and paying taxes. And they never will say we've ruined our nation by destroying our own kids and their population and their legacy and and their lineages, they never will say that. They will never say that. That's not politically incorrect. I mean, politically correct to say we need to stop abortion because it's killing us. They just say we need to open the borders. Oh my gosh, we need workers. We need, and that's where we've driven ourselves. That's a curse upon this nation. Now I'm going to tell you something else. Abortion is the number one cause of death on the planet. Anywhere from 60 to 100 million children a year year in, year out, year in, year out. I mean, listen, in World War II, you know, that span over all those years, 60 million people died, between 60 and 80 million, um, uh, military and civilians. Um, that's horrific. And we all, we all say, oh my gosh, how horrible that was. It was 60 to 80 million people, brother. But we have 
60 to 100 million children die every single year, not, not a span. It's like two world wars are fought every year all over the world. And that's how many people we're slaughtering. Now, get this. Those are the numbers of what we have that's reported from the nations of the world. There are a lot of nations of the world that don't report abortions. Listen, there are some states in our union that don't, that don't report them or don't report them accurately. And we know that. So we don't even know what the total number of abortions are in America. So when you consider that we know, you know, according to all the statistics year to year, it's the, the lowest is 60 million, the highest is 100 million out of who's reporting. That's unbelievable. The next top 10 forms, uh, 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 causes of death don't even meet that uh, 100 million mark. I'm talking about heart disease, uh, AIDS, uh, all the you know viral diseases and blood diseases, and uh, you add them all up all over the world, and they never equal or even come close to equaling the number of children we kill every year. Brother, this is a scourge. It is a plague upon our planet, and it's a plague upon our nation, and we're paying the price for it. Uh, physically, financially, but I, I'm afraid we're paying it spiritually too, very deeply. So I applaud and I praise God for the decision of the Supreme Court. It should have happened a long time ago. I do think that cooler heads need to prevail, and I don't care if I make people mad or not, but I do think there need to be reasonable medical uh, exceptions with very structured safeguards. In other words, we got to hold, you know, if you're going to say, well, it's between me and my doctor and, and, and the life of the mom is in danger. So the, the husband, the wife, the family, the doctor, they need to make that decision and they're going to have to live with it. But we got to hold somebody accountable that they're not wink, wink, uh, gaming the system. And, and so it really is one of convenience. But the doctor is going to say, well, this could endanger your life. So let's take the kid. See, that doctor needs to go to prison then. Um, because if I said, well, I, I need to eat a turtle egg tonight, you know, and I went down to the beach, I'm a little hungry, so I need to eat one. It's for my health. Uh, I'd be in federal prison. So if we can value a turtle egg like that, we can certainly put some restrictions and, and on doctors and, and, and value human life. At the same time, have a heart for moms who really, really, they, they've been impregnated totally against their will, maybe in some horrendous, violent, nasty situation. Uh, and, and then now they've got a decision to make. And, and I applaud the women that decide to keep the baby, maybe give it up for adoption or raise it themselves just out of love. I applaud that, brother. I, don't, I, don't, I can't even imagine how hard that would be because it's not just getting pregnant and then just boom, there's the baby. No, she's got to carry it for nine months. She's, her whole body changes. Uh, her body may never get back to the way it was. There may be some damage done in childbirth. The woman may die in childbirth. I mean, all of these things. So it really, that's none of my business in each individual case, but it is my business as a citizen of this nation and as a pastor to think about these things, pray about these things, talk about these things, and to try to talk about them reasonably and rationally with a heart of passion, but yet not venture outside the word of God and not venture outside of science. So again, I'm saying, you know, we say people are dead when the heart stops. So ergo, people are alive when the heart begins. 
So anyway, I could talk all night. I've talked too much. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but that's kind of where I am on all of this. No, so far, so far we agree, Pastor. I, my, my, now I, like my wife said, she said to the Amish, she visited an Amish community at one point. There was a, they brought her around and they said there were men that were sleeping in the one building and the women were sleeping in the other. And they were married. They were not people that weren't married. They said, how, how the heck do you, how do you, you propagate? How do you continue the, 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 the community? And, and, and the point is we, we are losing so many people. We, we are a, a minority nation. Now people tell, tell me, oh, we got 350 million people. Yeah. They got 2 billion in India. They got you know 2 billion in China. And we wonder how we're going to defeat these people. If we ever get to go to battle with them, we won't because we won't have the people to fight the battles. And that's a whole other story for another day. But what, you know, if you look at it biblically, I, and a lot of people don't want to see it biblically. Oh, Christians, you're a Christian. We don't want to talk about Christians. There's so many people that have lost the battle. They're going to church. They go to their Catholic church in particular. They go to, men, you know, all these other churches and they, tell, they walk in and then they walk out on Sunday or sometimes Saturday and they come out and they say, okay, now I'm going to go back and, you know, fornicate and do whatever else I want. They really are not Christians. I'm sorry. They really are not Christians. That's what the Bible says. You know? and, but but yeah. to point it out, to say, you know, why are we here on the earth? We're here. To, yeah, God says it in the Bible. We're, we're here to you know, cleave unto your wife and future generations and you know, you know, populate the world. And that's what we're here for on the planet. We're not here for our own personal edification. We're here to see God's path forward and see the, if you want to just go to biology and forget even the, even the, the religious aspect, what point is there to be on the planet if you're not going to have babies and, and have a future? I mean, that's a, it's stupid to not think that way. Now, here's the problem I have. The problem I have is we've lost, we've lost God in America. We've lost the sight of God. We've lost, um, it, we're on a really bad path and people are so dumb that they can't realize it. And I, I'm, I, I, there are things I don't even want to bring up on the podcast today, but a lot of this politics and what's happening, people getting into in the Congress and in the Senate that don't belong, that don't, that are not religious minded. And, and yet the Christians are voting for these people that are totally atheist or non, you know, that don't care about it. And then you're like, oh yeah, the, they, they believe in, they believe in, 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 in they're pro-life, but they're, you know, they're not. Now the point is, how do you, how do you talk? Well, there's two, there's two aspects. And I'm going to try to pull both and then let you talk for a bit because you, you have a lot more knowledge on these, this area than I do. And I, and, and I'm curious about how you, re, you, you reflect with my opinions, because, again, I'm, I'm out in the world trying to trying to save people and trying to bring people to the knowledge that this is not just about God and about Christianity, but it's about humanity, which is where the whole Bible comes from. So how do you explain a couple of things? First of all, I go on the breadth of life. You know, I, here, one of the things I have, I have you know, my, my, by way of background, I'm half uh, Italian Catholic, the other half is Russian Jew. So I can talk about this and you can't call, call me a bigot, even though they do. So, you know, the Jews believe that you're not a person until God breathes his first breath of life. And that's based on Genesis. Um, uh, why is this standby? Um, this is says it's going to terminate. We, we might have to do this in two parts. I don't know. Um, I thought we had unlimited time with two people. I'm not sure what's going on says we've got 10 minutes which probably is enough time anyway we'll have to make it short so all right sorry about that the um breath of life in my opinion is the initial conception because when you read it in the bible it says god breathed life and, and he was breathing life by pulling taking the woman breathing life into that woman before she was born or anything this is, has nothing to do with, with coming out of the womb they're they're mis they're misconstruing it um you know and and then and then the women say 
oh, it's my body, my choice, but it's not, you know, I, and I, I've told women, I've said, yes, it's your body, your choice. If you're not pregnant, you can go jump off a cliff. You can drink the bottle of vodka and drop dead. I don't care what you do, but when you have a baby inside you, that's not your body. It's not your choice. And you cannot talk to these people. How would you address that? Yeah, it's got about whole, 10 minutes before. Yeah, the off. whole thing is rooted in selfishness. 98% are abortions by convenience. Yet those same people of that liberal mindset would go apoplectic if I crushed a bunch of turtle eggs on the beach tonight. So it's, a, it's an emotional thing. It's irrational. It's non-scientific. Um, so you're, you're, you're not, you're going to have to win hearts. You know, there's got to be that. That's why these pregnancy centers are, I mean, these abortion centers are opposed to the women going to a pregnancy center and seeing their child on an ultrasound. Because when you see that child, the mother falls in love with it. Why? Because you can see, oftentimes you can tell if it's a little boy, a little girl, you can see the child kind of sliding up and down or moving around, sometimes sucking their thumb. And you realize that's a living human being. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's part of me, you know? And then you're right. It, you, they say, well, it's my body, my choice. Okay. I get it. I get it. And as a father, grandfather, great grandfather, and as a decent human being, I understand, but scientifically no the child has different dna it has different blood type maybe sometimes it, they come out with the same but it's not it's not the mom's blood it's just the the genetic the genome but it's a complete within weeks we can now do pregnancy testing with blood work because we can detect another dna in the blood so it's not your body at that point i mean it's your body that's carrying this child, but there is a child. That would be like if you were carrying your child down the street and all of a sudden it was inconvenient for you to hold it and you dropped it and killed it. And then you said to the cop, hey, my body, my choice. Uh, no, you, you were carrying another human being and you're responsible at that moment you're carrying that other human being. You say, you know, but it wasn't inside my body. Yeah, but you did it for the comfort of your body. I know it's a stupid illustration, but yet it's powerful. It makes the point. It's the same thing. It really is. So, so uh, you know. So anyway, it's it's difficult to to talk people out of an emotional mindset. Plus, they've been educated this way for decades now. I mean, we've got adults in their fifties and sixties. They grew up in school systems and in a society that's told them all their life, this is the woman's right. How dare you? How dare you step on this? How dare you? The problem is they haven't been able to keep up with technology. The more technology has advanced. Now, the earlier detection of a heartbeat we can get. Now we know about DNA being totally different and how to test for it. Now we have developed ultrasound and we can see that it's not a little monkey or a little fish and all that junk that used to be in the school textbooks. It's a human being and it's your son or it's your daughter or it's twins or triplets. And I mean, those are your babies. And, and so when they see them, then they usually have a change of heart. Uh, not usually, but a lot of times. So, so it's hard to keep up with the technology. It's hard to keep up with truth. It's hard to keep up with science. It's rooted in emotion and brainwashing. It's as simple as that. So you fight it from, from two fronts. Number one, science, truth, you know, ultrasounds, DNA, the whole bit, turtle egg, 
human, which one's more important. You know, it is not your, your body at the point you have another human body in the same way you're carrying a baby down the street and you just drop it and say, <laughs> I'm too tired to carry this baby. Uh, I like that analogy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. It really is as far as responsibility goes. So, so um, there's, there's that. And, and um, I don't know where I was going next. I'm sorry. Uh, but the point is that, oh, I know. I was just going to say the other thing is, we, you know, as believers, that's why I think the gospel is so important. That's why I think what I do and we do and the church does. I mean, the real church. I'm not talking about some denomination that goes through the stupid motions and give me your money and all that junk. I'm talking about hands on, feet on the ground. I never say our church is perfect. I've been there for 35 years. It's the best church I've ever been in. It's the only church I've ever pastored. But well, we do missions all over the world. I mean, it's hands on, feet on the ground. And uh, we're debt-free. We pour our money into missions, into pregnancy resource centers, into helping battered women and, and drug abusers, and on and on and on and on, helping people get adopted children. And we put our money where our mouth is and our mouth where our money is. And so so, um, but you get, but that's, that's the other way you fight it. One of you fight it with science and truth and, and, and technology. The other is you fight it with, it's a spiritual war, brother. Let me just say this quickly before we have to go. This thing goes all the way back to the garden of Eden. I want people to understand how serious this is because Genesis three and revelation 12, they're bookends, but they both speak to this. Watch this. Genesis three, verse 15, after the deed was done in the garden, God put a curse a promise on Satan from the womb of a woman will come a male child who will destroy your kingdom. Satan, we're like animals on a farm for slaughter to him. He doesn't care about us one iota. He uses us. He grooms us. He's using us for his diabolical, selfish, prideful purpose. So when he hurt, hears that from God, he knows what's going to happen to him and why, but he doesn't know who, when, or where, or how. So he's furious. The rest of the Bible from there all the way through to the coming of Jesus is all about him trying to hunt down that seed down through history, through the Jewish people. But the bottom line is he did come. He did go to the cross. He did defeat Satan's kingdom at the resurrection. And he is coming back for the throne as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Revelation 12 says, be woe unto you earth in those last days, because Satan has been thrown down and he knows his time is short and he's filled with rage. And he says, he goes off to make war against the seed of that Christ child. And that's us, brother. He hates children. He hates the church. He hates the word of God because all of that trashes his kingdom and he knows it. So he's like a, a, a impetuous child in a candy store that got caught shoplifting. And then he's on his way out the door now after he said all of his apologies, but he's mad. And he just takes a baseball bat and tears the store up on the way out, even though he knows he's lost, even though he knows he's going to prison for it. He's just furious this child is. That's how Satan is. He's on his way out. And right now he's tearing the candy store up and his biggest attack, God used a child to defeat him. So Satan is aiming his attack at children, at babies, at the womb. Fantastic, Pastor. And our clock is just about up here. I've got to figure out why this, I, I have the pro version of this program and for some reason it's cutting us off and i'm not get your money back bro. maybe i didn't maybe i didn't pay the bill this month yeah. so we're going to bring this up another time if you like just arrange that we'll come back again and we'll 
we'll take this to the next step and just give it you know, 30, 30 seconds to give a final close and then we'll call it a night. Okay. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you folks. Keep your eyes on Jesus. God has got this. And in the end, we win. God bless you. We'll, we'll catch you again on the flip-flop and come back with some more. Always a pleasure, Pastor. You have a fantastic night, a fantastic future, and keep up the good work and the, and the, and the mission of God, because you really do a great job. Love to have you on our, on, on the, our shows every time. You have Thanks, a good buddy. night, okay? You too. God bless. God bless you. Good night. Okay, good night, bud.